You're listening to the Kansas State Department of Education Insight Podcast, where we bring you conversations and information on our vision to lead the world and the success of each student. Welcome to the KSD Insight Podcast. As I say every time, it just time flies by. We're already at episode 11, and we're thankful that you tune in to get caught up on everything great going across the state of Kansas from an educational standpoint. I'm Randy Watts, Commissioner of Education. I'm just happy to be able to host this uh, with you, and I know all of you are enjoying some uh, downtime here in July, but school is around the corner, and I know you're excited about starting that 22 23 school year. We want to bring you up to date on just a few things uh, to keep in mind as we wrap up this summer, and then we're going to be talking about individual plans of study, so stay tuned for that. But it's scorching hot, isn't it? Wow. I mean, it's just throughout Kansas, so it's time to beat the heat. You can do it. Sunflower Summer, the educational program designed by Kansas teachers and sponsored by uh, yours, truly, KSD, not me personally, but our agency. And uh, it's in the second summer. It's not too late to download the Sunflower Summer app and start participating in 90 different venues across our state. You can attend at no charge, free of charge for any student, pre-K through uh, grade 12 in any school in Kansas and up to two adults that uh, bring that child or that student to that venue. Uh, we want to share your experiences with Sunflower Summer. So as you get on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, your your social media, hashtag Sunflower Summer, please. And uh, that'll, that'll uh, help share with all the people that are enjoying this free resource brought to you by our agency and, again, designed by Kansas teachers who had in mind uh, that we could use um, some funds to enhance summer learning by utilizing the great learning activities we have right here in our own state. And uh, I think last week alone, 18,000-plus people went through one of our venues, and so it's been extremely well-received. That program will go throughout the month of July and end in mid-August, so uh, before school gets going, Download the Sunflower Summer app and participate in all the great activities there. Speaking of great summer activities, I know many of you have been participating in some just really great, creative summer school learning activities being done by your local school district. We're highlighting many of those great stories on our website. You can go to ksde.org and uh, look for those links, and we'll be showing you some pictures and slides to the wonderful stories as we're highlighting just a handful of those remarkable learning activities going on throughout our state, again, done by local school districts to try to not only enhance learning over the summer, but engage young people um, in, in that learning. We want to reach out to Cheryl Johnson, our Director of Child Nutrition and Wellness. We have some changes that are coming up around school breakfast and school lunch. So have a listen to Cheryl. She's going to bring you up to date. We are excited to begin the next school year, but we have some important information for you today about a change uh, in regard to school nutrition programs. 
The federal government allowed schools to offer free meals to all students during the pandemic, but Congress did not extend this benefit for the upcoming school year. Families that are eligible for free or reduced price meals must apply to receive them, and all other students must pay full price for their meals. The application process for free and reduced price meals is open, it's easy. Families should contact their local schools to request an application. Kansas Child Nutrition Programs are available year-round to fuel healthy minds and healthy bodies for students' success. We have someone really special that's joining our team, Dr. Ben Proctor. He's our new Deputy Commissioner of the Division of Learning Services. We're going to get to learn a little bit about Ben and hear from him himself right now. My name is Ben Proctor, and I'm, at least for the last three and a half weeks, the Deputy Commissioner of the Division of Learning Services here at the Kansas State Department of Education. Most recently, I have been serving as Superintendent of Heston USD 460. I've been in Heston 10 years, both as Superintendent for the past seven and middle school principal prior to that three. I've also served in Southeast Cherokee, USD 247, Arkansas City, I was a high school teacher and basketball coach in Ark City and Eureka uh, is where I started my career. So been in several school districts, uh, mostly in South Central and Southeast Kansas, but very happy to be a part of KSDE and, and the work that we're doing here. I'm particularly excited about understanding our agency. Uh, as a, a school superintendent especially, I uh, was always amazed at the level of service provided by the people at the State Department. And I think about just that, that service nature, and that really attracted me to the role here within the agency. And, and uh, what I found over the past several weeks is there's just so much to learn, but there's so many great people to learn from. And so I've, I've just been really excited to get to know people here and understand what they do and, and how I can support the work within the agency so that we can support school districts and, and staff around the state and, and uh, ultimately impact kids. I uh, was able to spend some time yesterday at the Special Education and Title Services Leadership Conference, and it was just a very energizing experience for me uh, as we kind of think about back-to-school time and, and that we have a lot of students getting ready to come through the doors here in just a few weeks. and. Uh, the excitement of back to school and, and being able to share that with one another. I'm just excited about our work that we have to look forward to and the vision that we have in Kansas. As we turn our attention to this month's topic, it's one of my favorite, individual plans of study. It's not an IEP. It's a regular ed uh, design, and uh, it's uh, something that Kansas said they wanted a personalized and an individualized plan for every student. And we have with us today Dr. Robin Kelso, an education consultant with us who oversees graduation and in our career standards and assessment services. Robin, thank you for being here today to talk about IPS as we shorten that down, mm -hmm. individual plans uh, study. Let's just start with the basics, Robin. What is IPS, and then we'll kind of talk about how, how it's been developed. 
Sure. Well, thank you for having me. It's always uh, fun to sit and have these conversations, and uh, hopefully the word goes out a little bit about uh, what these are and what they aren't and how they can benefit students and teachers. Um, But you said it correctly. IPS, Individualized Plan of Study, is a – I would call it a personalized learning tool. Students use – uh, they can use a commercial platform like Zello or Naviance, but we do have some districts in the state that are creating their own local um, IPS system, which I think is a, a great example of local control at work in the state of Kansas. And this personalized learning, uh, we want to start with careers in the early grades. You know, everybody's excited when the fire truck rolls up for the kindergarten visitation day, but we're hoping those teachers begin to have the conversations. Well, what does a firefighter do? And what might you need to have skill-wise to be a firefighter someday? And then you move into the middle grades. And this is where IPS really begins to be an effective tool. You move from having those conversations in the elementary grades to putting it more in the student's lap, letting the student be the driver. Um, And they find out what they might be interested in through strength finders and interest surveys. They uh, explore careers, uh, and they can do that not only integrated within their classroom, uh, but they can also take classes specifically, like a, a business class that may give them an introduction to how a business might run. And that becomes even more in-depth as they hit high school. That personalization continues. High school students begin to kind of fine-tune and hone in on how they'd like their post-secondary experience to look like, and that IPS is such a valuable tool for helping them achieve that. Yeah, it's it's really, we can talk about uh, career cruising or uh, Zello, Navience, which is kind of the platform that, that gives you some of the technical side, but it really is trying to match a program of study to a student's interest, helping them explore those interests and, uh, and trying to find that, uh, that, that interest in a child. So Robin, you mentioned elementary and, and we often like, like to say around IPS, you can't, um, you can't go do later on in life what you can't imagine being. And so those early experiences, whether we talked about the Sunfire summer program Mm -hmm. or getting out on a field trip in elementary school or having the fire department come by. And those are really important. Experiences are really important to that later on development, aren't they? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, um, I grew up in a time where firefighters were never female. I was probably well into my 20s before I saw my first female firefighter. So absolutely, um, just exposing kids to those different things is You may not see the impact for that. It's just like education. You're not going to see the impact right away. Um, But if they cannot see it, they absolutely cannot do it. And this this summer, um, Sunflower Summer has been phenomenal. Um, My kids are grown and flown, so um, I haven't been able to engage with that as much as I'd like. But, you know, taking your kids to the Topeka Zoo, taking your kids out to Boot Hill um, just opens up uh, a whole new idea of what this young person could be someday. And then starting in middle school and in high school, as you said, students will be doing a series of interest inventories, kind of finding out who am I? I think oftentimes though, Robin, those interest inventories can be misinterpreted by Mm -hmm. students and parents saying, well, I took this test and it told me I wanted to be a truck driver. I don't want to be a truck driver. I want to be a veterinarian. I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> For sure. By the way, truck drivers are in high demand, and mm-hmm. we need uh, all kinds of, and we need veterinarians too. 
Talk a little bit about what interest surveys, though. What are they intended to do for a family and a student, and what are they not intended to do? Well, and you are absolutely right, Dr. Watson. Um, The thing about the interest surveys is they measure skills and aptitudes and offer suggestions. And then what I have found through my own experience in the field, the older the students get, the more refined those interest surveys become and the more in line um, is with what the student is sort of expecting. I remember when IPS first came out, which has been a few years ago, um, it was rolled out in my district and was teachers. We all took the interest surveys, and one of the things that it said I should be was an accountant. And, and my friends around me are just laughing hysterically because they know I don't do math very well. And so, you know, it, it is a cautionary tale, but again, I think it's um, those things about – well, maybe I never thought about being a truck driver, and there is a high demand for that. Maybe I never thought about being a – so, you know, maybe it's not in your skill set or your wheelhouse, but maybe a, a friend of yours. You can have a conversation in the hallways at lunch, hey, what's your interest survey come up, and just and just maybe have a conversation that way. It just suggests maybe some occupations based upon those interests. And it's, as you mentioned, Robin, the start to the conversation about mm-hmm. expiration of of those roles. I, but I hear too often that someone will say, well, it, that test told me I'm going to be. No, it doesn't say you're going to be. It says that by the way you answered certain questions, you might be interested in these type of careers and go explore those or, or go eliminate those. That's really great. I, one of the things I ask uh, our middle school students all the time is, uh, uh, have you thought about, you know, what you might want to do as a career and what, what you want to be and I like to say, and this is, I have no statistical evidence on this. It's just my anecdotal asking middle school students throughout Kansas. It seems like one of the number one after I want to be a professional athlete and a skateboarder is I want to be a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And then, so my second question generally is, so you, so you love science and math? Uh, No, I love animals. Well, as we all know, if you want to be a veterinarian, you need to love science and math because, and animals because you're going to take a lot of science and math in order to get into vet school, which is uh, still harder, in fact, uh, to get into the med school because of the number of, uh, of vet schools. But if we do that well, students will start to eliminate things that they don't like and start to gravitate through coursework and mm-hmm. through interest surveys and conversations with family members and teachers about what they may like. And then as we get into high school, Robin, uh, you mentioned those could even lead to uh, job shadowing or internships. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about uh, what it, what may happen in high school based upon the IPS. So you're absolutely right, Dr. Watson, in that it, it opens up doors um, for them that maybe they hadn't uh, thought about. And, you know, um, with college as expensive as it is today, um, it if students have a good idea of what they want to be, if college is required for them, then the IPS is going to help them with that. And one tool that's part of the IPS process is, you know, if they've come a certain way down, say, a business pathway, and they want to see what it would be like to be a marketer full-time. And so maybe they spend a summer or maybe they spend part of their school year. They sign out of school for a couple hours. They go job shadow uh, and they, you know, get a kind of what I would call an in-depth look at that industry. What are its pluses? What are its minuses? Uh, And so students and families, you know, I think the family piece here is is huge, get to make an informed decision because I, I will tell you, I have a son who's a veterinarian and 
I knew about the math and science, but beyond that, I didn't really know how to help him. And so we had a lot of conversations. So the parents that are listening out there, I would just really encourage you to use these surveys, use these internships um, to have conversations with your with your young folk and, you know, just listen to what they have to say and and help guide those interests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so those courses, of course, will, will help guide that. And so, I'll, again, I often say when I'm talking to young people, do you like mathematics? And if the answer is no, the chances are you're not going to be an engineer because that's a heavy math field. And you're probably looking at something that doesn't require that type of level of math. Now, you you may want to do something where you design things or work on things, but you it starts to limit what you want to do based upon your interest. You know, we, we contract um, with a little bit of uh, some of our federal money with a company that does some remarkable things around helping uh, families understand uh, careers and, and what students may want to do. It's called Higher Pass, H. Mm-hmm. I R E higher pass all one word dot uh, org I believe or just just Google higher pass you can even see the billboards up on the interstates uh, and what you're going to see there are Kansas jobs Kansas people and the pathway that it takes to become a respiratory therapist or become a vet tech or to become a over um, the road truck driver uh, or to become a teacher uh, all those are on there so higher pass. Uh, check it out. dot com, dot com, and we're we're appreciative of the work that they do, uh, uh, in helping students and families really have that conversation. Because Robin, you don't need to necessarily go to four years of college to have a vibrant career. Tech school, mm-hmm. military, uh, community colleges are all options, right? In Ab- terms of careers. absolutely, and you know. Uh, even more so as we kind of begin to, you know, our CTE team works with uh, Department of Commerce and Department of Labor to identify those um, high demand, high wage jobs like over the road trucking. And, you know, you do not need a four year degree to have some economic success in at least in Kansas anyway. That may not be true elsewhere. But uh, so those technical colleges and, and even the military um you know, I had a guest speaker when I was teaching, and he's former military, and he would share his story. And the students were just like, and he he was in kind of the military police side, and he, you know, students had and said, well, I hadn't thought about the military like that. And so again, that back to like what you said is that exposure to these different options, um, we just can't underestimate that impact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you generally find, and, and I see this a lot too. We're obviously in the teaching and learning profession. So we want every, Hey, you want to be a teacher? We, we know some, we know some districts may be ready to hire that. Right, Robin? We, Absolutely. So <laughs> one of that. But I, I hear from parents all the time. Oh, my, my, my kid changed their mind in college. They thought they wanted to be a nurse and now they want to be a teacher. Uh, or they, they thought they wanted to be a teacher. Now they, they, they changed their mind. They want to be a minister. And what I tell them all the time, they never changed their mind. What they didn't know was the specific, occupation. They want to do something that helps people. And that's what, that's what they have in common. And, uh, you rarely see someone that wants to be a wall street broker, just that's in their blood and they change, uh, and, and want to be, uh, on the, on the humanity side They're, you know, you have people that are driven more for the, the money or the technical side of things. And you have people that are driven more entrepreneur and business side. And you have people that are driven more. I want to help people. I don't know what that field is. So 
I tell uh, parents all the time, explore teaching, explore ministry, explore volunteerism, Peace Corps, uh, explore uh, health care, uh, because all those are the field of which they may like to do. They'll start to figure out, I don't like that part of it. I, you know, I don't like blood. That's a good indication you're not going to be in the medical field, but maybe you might, might want to be in teaching. <laughs> Robin, Graduation Task Force talked a lot about in their recommendations to the state board that state board's considering this summer and into this fall that the IPS individual plan of study should play an important role in that. Can you just kind of talk about what their thoughts were around that? So, um, you know, it, one, of the, one of the things that I believe the board is very much about, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is personalized learning for all students because that's part of that larger mission of Kansas can lead the world. Um, if we're going to lead the world in the success of every student, we're going to have to, by default, come up with some kind of personalized learning because achievement for every student is going to look very different depending on who we're talking about. And IPS is a tool um, for which students can develop that pathway and figure out what experiences, what courses, what they might need to do to look and see how personalize, how they can personalize their education to suit their their needs. Um, I think the board has identified that uh, as a as a tool for increasing that personalized learning, and uh, I, I just I think maybe from what I've seen, we just need a little bit more professional development out out across the state with. Uh, just some knowledge about how it could be used, what it could look like, because, you know, we're local control, as you know very well, Dr. Watson, and what works for one district isn't going to work for another. And I, I would like to see districts, you know, really take what the board has said to heart and um, harness the power of IPS and, and use it to personalize for every kid in their school to the extent that it's possible. Absolutely. And this uh, past uh, late winter, early spring, we were uh, able to honor some of those districts, one of those. Uh, not too far from Topeka, USD 115, Nemaha Central uh, was a Silver Star recipient with their with their uh, post-secondary success numbers well into the 60s. And uh, that number continues to grow as I was looking at that data of the number of kids that are going on using that individual plan of study. I know Nemaha Central did a great thing with senior projects and really uh, individualizing uh, what what students wanted to do in high school and then after high school. Well, we're glad that you tuned in, taking a little time, drink a little lemonade, and you're listening to this podcast on a hot day. Before you go out to use your Sunflower Summer app, Dr. Robin Kelso, one of our rock stars in our career standards and assessment team, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast, and we look forward to talking to you next month in Episode 12. <laughs>